What is up, Gen X? Welcome back to the water cooler. It's good to see you again. You know, I'm coming at you today fully refreshed and rested after a, an extended weekend spent in Arizona uh, geeking out amongst the Cactus League and watching some baseball. I uh, had a great time. It, it was just amazing, amazing weather, great time to enjoy being outside and watching baseball and and you know, low pressure environment and and just being able to kick back and and enjoy stuff after the nonsense that we've all been through it was it really was a an extent er, a, a therapeutic experience I'll, I'll kind of touch on a little bit later but it's it it's uh it's good to see you again and 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 catch up on a lot of a lot of stuff that's been going on uh the past week you know I caught little bit tidbits here and there over the weekend of that uh, train wreck of an interview between uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and and Oprah and boy first of all, I gotta tell you I did British royalty is not high on my points of interest in fact I I, I struggle to even care, or even just a little bit. You know, that's that's not something that I find uh, interesting or intriguing, other than the the simple historic aspect. Because you know, I, I do enjoy history. I, I find it uh, interesting to learn about the different histories and cultures around the globe. And and certainly, British royalty uh, has its context in in Britain and in world history and, and in European history. And so, in that regard, I I find it interesting. However, the cultural adoration is something that I don't care. Um, I seem to remember that we fought a whole ass war to not care about the British royalty, and and we won that sucker in in 1776. And I just I just struggle not I struggle to care, and I just I'm grateful that one of the reasons we won that war is so I can just not care about the Brits and their royals and. The prince this and duchess that. I just I don't care. I don't find it interesting. I'm I'm not I'm not interested in them. I don't follow what they're doing and who their kids are and their titles. It's just not something that means anything to me. Now, if you're a British subject, more power to you. That's something that means something to you. Means more to you than me, and that is totally fine. I have zero problem with that. And that's that's part of your your culture and in your heritage and and something that matters to you and is relevant to you. That's totally fine. But me, as a Gen X red blooded American, it's just not something that uh, that I care. But boy, Moaning Merkel seemed to have been on display. I, d- I didn't watch anything. I just caught some tidbits and a lot of the hullabaloo on on Twitter. So much of what I'm I gathered from it is second to third hand um but it seems like there's just you're like many things nowadays you're either one of two camps either one extreme or the other and you had the extreme adoration and fawning and and repulsion and the things that she and harry were saying and on the other side just irritation and eye rolling and and decrying what what she and harry are doing to the royal family so as far as the little, little bit that I'm aware of and I care. It, it sounds like she, Megan at least, uh, was alleging amongst other things uh, racism within the royal family. Um, it's a, it's something along the lines of someone 
expressed some concern that Harry and Meghan's children would have at least some speck of non-Caucasian blood in them uh, as she when she was pregnant. And I, you know, if if they did or didn't, I don't know. Um, to be honest, watching those uh, those tools on uh, up on stage and and airing it out for the whole world, I'm disinclined to believe them. I just I just it, it seems very self-serving. It seems there was a lot of projection and ulterior motives going on. Um, but if, if they're alleging that someone within the royal family, they seem to backtrack a bit, but at least uh, sitting down with Harpo, uh, the, the allegation was something along the lines of someone when she was pregnant expressed that concern. Well, you know, the skeptic in me says, well... Didn't they know that? I mean, that now they were going to be expressing that concern. I mean, if she, if she came out and her story was that during their engagement or during a wedding that someone expressed that concern, I would get it because that was part of the undercurrent of of Harry and Meghan uh, marrying. Um, but to have that expressed while she's pregnant, uh, you know kind of a little late to express that concern i'm just it just it just seems very fishy it seems strange um it, it smacks of something being twisted and contorted to fit their narrative and she had all these tales of all of depression and suicidal thoughts and and that kate snapped at her and this this and that and, and it sounds like there are some some observers were stating that megan was actually the one that snapped at kate and megan was verbally abusive to staff and and very unbecoming and I'm really stretching the the limits of my interest and knowledge here on these idiots but uh I'm just I'm certainly just not inclined to care or believe and you know, particularly now of all times to be doing this seems suspect at best i don't know who their handlers are who their pr people are uh, but in you know we're, we're a year into this pandemic nonsense and there's been so much death and and destruction and and misery and job loss you you have these entitled millennial bratty millionaires spouting their tales of woe to this billionaire how is anybody supposed to give a crap? I just don't know. I, I, I can, I'm, I'm not someone who fawns over royals, and maybe that's the extent of it, and maybe there's more interest in that than I'm aware of. And if that's the case, then I can accept that. But I just, I don't care. I don't, I don't seem to seem to buy it. There seems to be something else going on here. It's very Obama-y, where there are you know book deals and and. TV deals and voiceover deals and all these other things that are in the works. It's it seems much more rational that uh, Megan, if only her, it has more aspirations of of fame and and in acting and whatever else she she wants to accomplish than simply being part of that royal family. Um, but I just it was it was bizarre. It anything occurred to me was just 
the fallout and the attention and adoration of this whole thing was really, really bizarre. Then I had to step back and wonder, how does Prince Philip feel watching this nonsense? I mean, it sounds like the guy's, you know, clinging on to life and, you know, Queen Mum, you know, Queen Elizabeth is, you know, trying to continue her duties. You know, these, these people are in their 90s and they, in their lifetime, personally fought literal fascism, you know, literal race-based and authoritarian fascism. I mean, they defeated that on their continent and on their soil. They, they beat that. And then within their lifetime, you have these entitled grandchildren of yours uh, just completely going against everything you fought for and siding with the, you know, the fascists themselves in their current day. It's just, it was, it was bizarre. It was ironic. Um, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. It's, it's not something that I, that I'm interested in. And it was just, it was, it was bizarre uh, to behold, but such is, such is our, our culture. I I also saw a, a couple of you know, sad stories uh, over the you know, late last weekend, maybe one over the weekend. But there were a couple of incidents. At, I think they're I don't know if they're both in California or one may have been in in Arizona. But there were a couple of fiery SUV crashes that happened where they were the the uh, cars that that rolled over and caught fire. Uh, were just filled w- with people, uh, with, with immigrants, you know, you know, trying to, trying to sneak their way into the country, and it, it just, it was really, really sad, you know, th- to see the, you know, the dozens of people that died in these, these singular car accidents. Um, but apparently, there's just a, unsurprisingly, a huge surge amongst uh, crossings at the border and. Those seeking refugee status at the border. I mean, much like we saw in you know, during the eight years of the Obama administration, and you know the the current one seems to be turning a blind eye to it. And you know, all the better. You know, they're just trying to milk voters and and expand their their power base, and and are willing to do that at the at the expense of you know these poor folks trying to. Trying to make it into the to the country, but it was really, 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 really sad uh, seeing that 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 this domestic policy, this ridiculous domestic policy of ours, leads to the flaming deaths of 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 these folks, and it, it just seems so unnecessary. I and mean, if we just freaking get our act together and have some kind of coherent policy, um, but I mean, it's, it's not been there since the '60s, right? Since Ted Kennedy. You know, altered the immigration policies in the late '60s. It's just been a disaster, and I mean, this is decades in the making. But you know, we're paying the price, and certainly our children uh, will pay the price for the the political pandering on on both sides of the aisle that has has you know gone with immigration over the the past few decades, uh, and, and it's certainly a, a shame. But it is at least humorous to to see the the press and the the new administration just participate in some wicked verbal gymnastics, trying to differentiate their policy at the border uh, versus the Trump administration, particularly when it comes to migrant children. <laughs> and now they're they're instead of being in cages, right? I remember the horror. Over four years, that you know, these kids in cages, kids in cages, it's all you heard. And he had AOC go down in that white outfit where she 
just came unglued at at the side of this empty parking lot where she was trying to to show her her absolute uh, emotional breakdown at the thought of these kids in cages. Well, kids are still in cages, although these are, are no longer referred to as cages, but are referred to as quote-unquote detainment facilities. So I just I can't help but just wonder, uh, who built the cages, Joe? Who built the cages, right? Every every time I, I see a story and, and see the contortionists trying to defend this, I just wonder, who built the cages, Joe? Now we shall see. But our, our culture is just a flaming ash heap, and the cancel culture continues to roll on in full force. You know, we had uh, Mr. Potato Head's name take a dive. We had Dr. Seuss go under the uh, under the, the heat lamp and, and have some of his books expunged. And Universal in Orlando is, is you know, taking a review of their kitty area, which is Dr. Seuss-themed. Oh, Lord help me. But the good news is over the over the weekend, we were able to rid ourselves in our culture of the dastardly Pepe Le Pew from the Bugs Bunny cartoons, uh, because apparently Pepe Le Pew promotes rape culture. Now, you remember when we were kids on Saturday mornings, getting up with your bowl of cereal and, and watching cartoons. If you're like me, one of your favorite things to watch was the the Bugs Bunny show. And, uh, the humor and, and things that completely went over our heads at the time. I absolutely loved it. I ate it up. I loved all the those, especially you know the one with Bugs Bunny and the and the hillbillies and you know doing their their square dancing and going through the the hay baler. Ate that stuff up. Absolutely loved it. You know Roadrunner and and um, and the and Wiley Coyote. Absolutely loved it. Well, apparently Pepe Le Pew's a problem. Now, he, to be fair, was one of the the undercards of the show, him and Speedy Gonzalez, who's actually apparently also problematic now. Um, but you know, Pepe Le Pew, who's a skunk, was this was a take on these over-affectionate Frenchmen, right? And, and he would find these black cats and, and would try to woo them and kiss them and squeeze them, and they would just struggle to get away. And you know, the, that was the whole shtick of, of his episodes. It was Again, kind of a one-trick pony in my mind at, at the time, and I didn't really care for all the the kissy stuff as a kid. And in fact, I remember at the time I was always rooting for the cats to get the heck away from this creepy, <laughs> creepy skunk because he's a freaking skunk, right? He smells bad, gross, right? You don't want to, as a cat, to be with with the skunk. I mean, that was the whole shtick of the thing. And I can't help but think if there's anything offensive about Pepe Le Pew, it would be the freaking Frenchman, right? It, it portrays Frenchmen as these overly affectionate and uh, romancers who, despite the protests of American women, just want to woo these these ladies and, and get with them and whatever. But no, no, no. They had to play the rape angle on this thing. But I haven't seen one of those cartoons in a very long time. But I just remember the cats would get away and... and uh, that was, and you always cheer for the cats to freaking get away. But uh, he's apparently been scrubbed from Space Jam Two, which I'm I'm sure all of you are as not anxiously awaiting that as I am. Um, I didn't see the first one either because I was you know, too old to care. That was that was a little bit uh, kiddish for me at the time. But they're redoing it, and and he's been scrubbed from that. 
Apparently, they've also redesigned some the, a girl bunny character in that. Where in the first one, she was very curvy and busty, and now she's flat chested and and uh, straight waisted, and her hair is rainbow colored and kind of ambiguous. And uh, uh, oh, boy, I mean, the the pandering that goes into any movie, even kids' movies and, and shows, is just it's bizarre to watch. Um, the only thing I could, I can say to that is I'm just not going to consume it. My kids aren't going to watch it. I just don't care. It's not something that's on my kids' radar. They don't have interest in it. And maybe that's the answer and to make all this stuff go away. But after a week of watching this outrage over the names of a toy and, and images in a, a children's book and, the actions of a fictional cartoon character. It's its so odd to juxtapose that with, over the past year, Cardi B's WAP winning song of the year and Netflix's cuties being out there with these you know girls grinding and, and simulating acts with like nine, ten-year-old girls. Absolutely disgusting. But that stuff is held up as good that stuff is held up as a standard and things to aspire to but but a cartoon skunk is a problem but you know cardi b's wop totally fine a cartoon skunk not fine uh, that's that's where we are that's our culture and it just it's a a slow burn and there doesn't seem to be any lengths that they are willing to stop at to expunge things that they find offensive. And I, it, it's, it's like watching a real-life episode of South Park. It's, it's just so, so strange and so bizarre. But that's, uh, that's where we are. That's uh, our, our culture. Um, but uh, we, we'll see who's on tap next. Um, one other real quick uh, inter- interesting tidbit I saw uh, last week. I don't know if any of you watch or follow uh, Stephen Crowder, but he had this uh, this segment where he had an intern go out and uh, check on Nevada addresses, and um, and it, it would would find all of these. Uh, these votes that were, you know, fraudulently cast or cast from uh, from addresses that didn't exist, um, that was absolutely fascinating to to see. But I I I watched that and I and you hear this HR fifty one, which essentially uh, just will take away the authority of of elections from from local officials and give it to to the the centralized. Uh, centralized process and effectively just you know geared things for, you know towards one party um and it's strange to watch and i mean they want to they want to drop the voting age to to 16 i mean that you've heard you know, nancy pelosi and others uh, drum that one up for the past year or so but i mean can you imagine your 16 year old voting i have a 16 year old and i can't fathom for one second that he's mature enough and and knowledgeable enough to cast a vote of any kind. I mean, first of all, he's not an adult. I mean, he, he can't sign a contract, much less freaking vote in an election. I mean, you got to be kidding me. You know, you know, we Gen X parents, you know, we, we have kids that are in that in that age. I, I can't 
fathom, you know, having my my boys and and their friends voting in any local election, any national election. But they, I, I'm sure it's just surmised that you know, that's just more ways that they can manipulate the vote. You know, more more names that they can use, more addresses that they can fictionalize, and you know, more mail-in voting that they can that they can push and promote and easier registration. You know, so they can continue to rig elections in their favor. And you know, it's really bizarre to me whenever you hear these stories, you'll always see these headlines that include some kind of verbiage as, you know, the GOP wants to, you know, is, is you know, coming out against voting rights or, or, or against expanding voting rights. Well, I mean, exactly how, how is that happening? I, I, it, it, there's always that weird slant and that weird editorializing that's in a headline, that's in an article. And I mean, I mean just like any, any news now, you really have to weed through all the nonsense to find actual fact in there because it's so watered down with opinion. This is the, the, the you know perfect example of that where you know the you know the democrats are pushing this this bill to to essentially nationalize elections um by the decision making of one party of their own party and they categorize any opposition to that as being against voting rights i mean i just don't know what how they how they're trying how they can contort themselves to say that anyone's trying to restrict anyone's right to vote. If anything, what they're trying to do is avoid fraud, you know, and even the appearance of fraud. Even if you say that no fraud happened in November of 2020, the appearance of fraud is no good. I mean, the, the, the fact that people can come away from that thing with the perception that it wasn't a fair election is bad. That by itself is really, really bad. And you would think that you'd want to shore that up and increase people's confidence in the elections, not decrease them. But of course, they don't care. They just want to, they just want to control things. But I would really like one of those knuckleheads to explain to me who is restricting what and how. I just, I, I, I don't understand it. Um, I've, I've always said we need to shore up our election laws. We need to demand people be able to prove who they are and they live where they live in order to vote one time this nonsense that's been happening for so long and and has been expanded in the past you know couple of years that crap needs to stop or else you know the republic is just gonna it's just a splinter in two if people don't believe in the integrity of elections then they're not going to believe in the legitimacy of of the government. And that just absolutely has to change. I mean, go to any other country in the world that has any form of democratic elections and show me one outside of the United States that does not demand that you have a photo ID and prove you are who you say you are. I'll wait. Someone, please show me that example. Please give me that example. I mean, you have to, when you're flying on a plane now, show a passport or have your driver's license with a cute little gold star so you can prove you are who you say you are to fly in a plane domestically, but yet to vote in a national election, much less a local election, you don't have to do that. You give a name, give an address, and just like Crowder found in Nevada, it can be in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't matter. No one cares. No one checks. And you can just cast a vote many times over. And that's totally fine, apparently. And 
the notion that you want to do away with that type of stuff, do away with that fraud, do away with the appearance of fraud, somehow is is as nuanced as restricting voting rights. Spare me. You guys can go absolutely tubing yourselves. But I digress because, you know, I'm in a good mood today. I mean, I had a great weekend. I absolutely loved being able to sit in the sun and watch some baseball. It was therapeutic. You know, I, I got home late and and had some short rest uh, today, but I woke up absolutely refreshed and relaxed. I loved it. If you haven't done it before, I highly suggest it. It is an, an experience and something that I certainly look forward to. I'm, I went with my my mom and my sisters, and we just had a blast. and And I look forward to being able to do that again uh, next year. But one th- odd thing in, to end here that that occurred to me as we were sitting, because the these stadiums in in Arizona were very limited as far as their capa- seating capacity was was concerned. Yeah, when you went into the stadiums, of course, you had to have the mask. They had hand sanitizing stations and a you know, bunch of other measures, which, fine. I, I, I was just appreciated that I got to go. I wasn't going to complain or, you know, or you know, thumb my nose at any of these requirements because I was able to sit outside and watch baseball. That was enough for me. But I did find it really odd as they had their you know spaced out and socially distanced seating pods and around the the stadium, each of the stadiums was about three thousand, give or take, in attendance, which you know is is fairly light, you know, you know for for a baseball game in general. But in in those uh, those stadiums, from what we're used to when we go there, it was it was very very light. But there's something that very odd concerned me or that occurred to me when I was sitting there, and that because when we were sitting in our our seats, and you know, sun was beaming down on us wasn't complaining about that at all because i loved it but we had to have our masks on all the time unless we were actively eating or drinking okay whatever that was the requirement but i was sitting there looking around as i'm watching baseball and i'm seeing everybody you know spaced apart in the bright sun with the uv light spraying down on us and i thought wait a minute we're all sitting here distanced with masks on. Why are we doing this? If masks work, why are we physically distanced? If physical distancing works, why are we masked? It was just, is it just out of abundance of caution? And if that's the case, maybe I, I can live with that. But that's not what we're told. We're told it's the science. Follow the science. The science, the science, the science. Well, the science a year ago from now was saying... There's no reason for people to be walking around with masks, right? Anthony Fauci said exactly that. That was his quote. There's no reason for people to be walking around wearing masks. But here we were a year later, sitting in the sun, distance in masks. And it just felt odd. So we'll we'll, we'll cover more next week in our our COVID special. But that was just something that, that occurred to me as I was sitting there just eating it up and loving every every second of sitting in the sunshine and watching some baseball that in the long run didn't matter, but you know, being able to to watch your stars out there perform and hit some home runs and cheer and and take that in. It was it was certainly a blast and it makes me excited for spring, makes me excited for opening day and and to continue to charge on uh, getting back to something more that we would consider normal. So with that, uh, it's good to be back with you, Gen X. I hope you are enjoying 
your spring or early spring if 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 you're like we are here in the midwest it's been a nice week it's been a little unusual as far as march goes but uh after all the the doom and gloom for the past you know a few months uh, it's it's nice to at least be able to enjoy a little bit of of pleasantness a little bit of warmth as we as we get closer to official uh official meteorological spring but here we are so with that enjoy your week uh and see you next week at the water cooler stay cool gen x